0: This is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolfe, an Aussie escort and total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode two, where we ask the question, who picks up more, men or women? Is the stereotype true? Do guys have a harder time getting laid? Let's cut the crap and get honest with Roger Butler from Curious Creatures. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is definitely adults only. And with that said, let's get into it. Hey, it's Georgie here. I'm a writer, a sex worker and a sexual adventurer from Melbourne, Australia. It's my mission to talk about the stuff you need to know to have successful hookups. That means finding the people that are right for you, negotiating awesome sex and walking away feeling good about yourself. Here's what I'll be talking about today. When it comes to hetero guys and girls, who finds it easier to score? You might think that the answer is obvious, but I have a hunch that it's a little more complicated than we might think. To help sort this out, I'm speaking with Roger Butler from Curious Creatures. Hi, Rog. Hi, Georgie. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me in.
0: I can tell you're, you're doing well. So you've got a big smile on your face, <laughs> which is always good for midweek, right?
1: <laughs> I do, and like early in the morning fish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, look, um, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you're about?
1: Hmm. Yes, so my main thing is running workshops under the banner of Curious Creatures uh, for couples and singles. Uh, Most of those workshops are around communication skills, self-development and sexuality and I also do my podcast which is called Curious Conversations About Sex.
0: Awesome. And now I will tell you the reason that I invited you on this. Sure, I choose. So, we were sitting together in the pub once, and I was complaining about being rejected by a guy on Tinder, and I all, was feeling.
1: All of this so far sounds plausible.
0: Sound familiar? A little, little bit down on myself. And I remember you turned to me with this anguished look on your face and said, Do you know how many times I get rejected? on online dating platforms, like, do you know how many rejections I get to get one date? And I'm like, no, what, what are you talking about? And then you gave me the numbers, and I was quite startled. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I feel like you might be the pers- perfect person to give give us the, an idea of whether there is a difference between uh, girls and guys trying to get laid, uh, whether we're talking about a, a, you know, a small number or whether it's astronomical.
1: Maybe. I do have some ideas on the topic, yes.
0: <laughs> and, and I feel like the general assumption is that it's easier for women to get laid, whether it's in person or whether it's online, that um, if a chick wants sex, she can just go out and get it. That's the stereotype, right?
1: Right. I think that's the common narrative, yeah. I mean, I think if you chat with people that are just in the men's camp, I think they'd probably say the opposite. And if you chat with people who are just in the women's camp, they'll probably say that version. But I think that's the the dominant idea, I think.
0: The, more, the most common idea. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. So I guess to, to cut straight to the the important bit, like what's your experience been so far of trying to pick up?
1: <laughs> just give
0: us your life story. Um, um, the uh, short
1: answer to that is... Not real good. <laughs> um, yeah, look, my experience on things like Tinder. Um, I I recall the conversation we were having, and I don't know what the exact number would be, but I have a hunch that I have swiped yes to. And it'd have to be well upwards of a thousand people on Tinder, and I've had some conversations with a handful, but I have had literally two dates.
0: Two dates oh, out, out of
1: a thousand swipes. Out of about thousand swipes, so um, not a real good success record. No. Well,
0: geez. Whereas <laughs> from my point of view, um, as as a you know an averagely conventionally attractive, slightly older lady type person, um, that I do have more success than two or three out of a thousand for sure. Mm. Um, but also that that's been the experience most of my life. Like when I was. 22 when I was going out to get laid, Um, but I wasn't as conventionally attractive back then. I was, you know, about size 16, sort of like had a shaved head. I looked a little bit scary. Um, Nice. Yeah, it was great. It was great fun. And I I actually still managed to pick up quite a bit. So my experience has been of, of more success than failure, although there's definitely been a lot of failure there. There's also been a lot of success. And what I'm hearing for you is that it's a lot more attempts and a lot less dates.
1: It would seem to be. I mean, this whole thing around where the two of us sit on the bell curve of attractiveness is a crucial thing in in terms of if this was actual scientific data. So (laughs) I'm not objective here. As it is, (laughs) right. (laughs) As it is, it's a sample data of one. Um, But But I know uh, I've had a couple of other partners as well, female partners, um, who have a problem with with things like Tinder. Uh, and vet life and so forth, uh, which is that they log on and they get overwhelmed with, uh, in some cases, six or 800 messages. Yeah. And they just go, where the hell do you start with that? And so they, they never bother pursuing it. And um, this is all just sample data as of one. These are just random ones. Anecdotal. Right? Anecdotal but, but
0: this is my experience, particularly for online dating platforms where you don't have to match with someone first before they're allowed to talk to you so yeah. what quickly happens on other in other spaces is you get 10 million messages and then i just i basically switch off and go to bed because i can't handle sorting through all the messages that are there it's too much admin right yeah this is why i'm such a big fan of apps where you have to match with someone before they can speak to you so that you don't get a lot of unsolicited although i've just started to get guys sliding into my dms in instagram because i've added my instagram handle to my tinder account huh. so guys sorry people will find your handle on tinder and then they'll go oh well they didn't match with me i'll just go and try and solicit them on instagram instead
1: and mm. that's a thing mm. so
0: mm. um so yeah that is that is an experience right being overwhelmed mm. so like nice. it sort of sounds like we're almost following the stereotypical line right now like our experiences are seeming to um seeming to sit within that fairly predictably, I'm curious about the ways that maybe maybe it might not be true.
1: Mm. So you're saying at the moment we're fitting within the within the idea that it, it sounds like what we're saying based on our experiences mm. is, is that it's easier for people that identify or present as women to get laid.
0: In in my experience, I've yeah. had more success, success than failure, although there's been a lot of failure and it's sounding like um, – with you, it's a bit more of a battle. Yeah. Having said that, I feel like even calling not getting laid failure is a bit it's kind of shit cause, because the times when I have been rejected or I haven't gotten what I wanted, usually there was a good reason for that. You know, I needed to work on my social skills or maybe they just went right for me or maybe mm. I needed to get away. Maybe they weren't safe or it was going to be bad. So um, maybe I'm just going to catch myself there and say that it's not really a success failure situation. Ah, no. Maybe it's just a... Uh, you know, a getting laid situation, or a some other outcome that may, may not be beneficial situation.
1: Yeah, I, I think, if broadly speaking, we're looking at a choice between being overwhelmed and being un- underwhelmed by responses. That's I think it, right? I know which of those I would prefer. Um, but neither is perfect. But again, this is all sample data of one. Um, I did some thinking around this because I knew we'd be chatting about right. such things Give me your thoughts. on what some objective data might be. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and so, yeah, I would, I would love your thoughts. What I want to do um, is first I want to uh, hit us up with some maths yes um, great then I would like to look at some potential data points oh. and then I'd like to reach a sort of a conclusion and I'd love for you to audit my thinking Roger
0: I'm not a maths person you're gonna have to ease me into this go <laughs> slow go slow
1: no trust me it's gonna be gentle <laughs>
0: thank you do you promise
1: <laughs> I promise <laughs> um the maths is pretty simple firstly um like uh there's a almost equal number of men and women type folk uh, on the planet. Uh, And according to the 2016 census in Australia, uh, there's roughly an equal number of men and women in same-sex relationships. Mm -hmm. So the remaining pool of people, uh, uh, of hetero-ish people, um, are basically equal in number. So just looking purely at the maths of this on a superficial level, that would sort of suggest that it has to be about the same. But, so that's the maths bit done, by the way. That wasn't too bad. Thanks for
0: letting me know. That was okay. Okay, I'm all right. I'm all right.
1: Um, But I have some other data points. I've got quite a few. Um, And I'm really trying to look outside of my personal experience here to see what might be a more objective take. So the first data point is, so I, yes, I run sexuality workshops, um, and some of those include touch and sexual exploration. And some of those workshops are broken into single male tickets and single female tickets. So we release a limited number of those to sort of maintain an overall balance, even if it's not a hetero paired workshop. And so the first data point that I'm aware of is that most of our single male tickets are sold out about six months in advance. And we generally have quite a long waiting list. of very enthusiastic
0: gentlemen. So you're telling me that um, guys who would have come by themselves to your events are literally buying tickets six months in advance. Yes. So this suggests that there is a. Um, this is a similar situation, right? That there are a lot of guys looking for opportunities. There are either more guys looking for opportunities, or they're a lot more forward about approaching those opportunities. Yes. Yes.
1: One of those conclusions sounds right. Next data point is that, uh, just on my observation um, at workshops, um, looking at these ticket types, uh, single women are uh, much more likely to be the ones that just don't turn up. So you might say either there's a nonchalance around turning up or perhaps that they're more scared. I'm not sure which of those true. It could be both. The the, the single guys will turn up no matter what. If they bought their ticket six months in advance, they are going to make it. (laughs) Um, Next data
0: point. Go for it. I'm with you.
1: Um, So the dating website, Ashley Madison, uh, which was probably pitched and tilted in a particular way, their data was hacked, and it's one of the first times we've gotten to see uh, a realistic take on what the gender split is on dating sites or on this particular dating site. And what we discovered out of that data was that 90% of the people there were male, and of those remaining 10%, Fully half of them were bots. The chat bots were robots. Uh, so realistically, um, yeah, wow, um, massive difference there between people. What's that? Something like twenty to one of males to females. Um, I know, uh, as we were talking before, I know what my female friends tell me about dating sites compared to what my male friends tell me. Uh, This is just very, like, passing observations. It's not actual data.
0: Look, we're here for the anecdotes, man. It's fine. (laughs) You can can anecdote away.
1: Yeah. And the propositions still seem to come from men. I would like to think that we live in a more gender equal culture, Um, but it looks like men do all of the offering and sometimes nagging. Um, as you're talking about with your Instagram little workaround.
0: Right, so there's this sort of like general stereotype that men tend to be more sexually aggressive and that women tend to hang back and again there are so many exceptions to that, like I'm, I'm a very clear exception to that, I'm extremely sexually aggressive in some situations. Yay for um, you! But so so this isn't, this isn't a catch-all but uh, there's this general perception that that's how it goes, right?
1: Yes. Yes, and it does still seem to be the case, and particularly if the market supply and demand is really heavily tilted one way over the other, then as a woman within that system, you can still just play the role of gatekeeper a little more. And as the men in that system, you are getting progressively more desperate, and that's quite scary. But uh, yeah, And that
0: does lead to a situation where guys are reaching out more desperately and aggressively because they're not getting what they want.
1: Yeah, taking higher risks, and uh, being more annoying and also being more frustrated.
0: And that sits really well with the idea that guys are supposed to be, if they're masculine, they're supposed to be aggressive and they're supposed to pursue sex because uh, that just, that's just going to slide straight into that perception that and they're not going to even question that they shouldn't be harassing people or they shouldn't be chasing after people. Yes. So, so I guess what I'm curious about, so we've established that um, there are more guys going out there to try and get laid than there are women overtly going out to try and get laid actively and what I suspect is that if you look at the whole population there's this there's this sort of tendency uh, in my experience for women to pre-select themselves out and for guys to post-select themselves out and what I mean by that is I was chatting to a bloke recently on tinder and I was explaining to him my filtering system so I'll, I'll go through read someone's profile look at their pictures decide if we're right for each other then we'll match and I'll start sending a few little questions to test whether we're going to get along. Mm. What he said is, I would never do that. I'd never read the profile before I decide whether to swipe because I have to swipe right on so many people to get one match Mm. that it's more effective for me to swipe on everyone and then when I match with them, then I start the process of deciding whether they're right for me. And it was a real eye-opener for me because I don't... I think the perception is also that because... Uh, men are more aggressive, that they're less selective, that they'll fuck anything, or that men just want to get out there and they don't care who they're sleeping with. And I don't think that's the case. I think all genders are selective. Um, But I think that perhaps, generally, women have more of a tendency to pre-select. So we will never even approach someone if we think they're not right. Uh, Whereas men have a tendency to try and get that in first and then post-select, because that's how they work out whether you're um, right for each other yeah it's not it's not that we're uh, you know one gender is more selective than the other it's just that we're choosing different points to be selective and in, in women's case sometimes that means not leaving the house because we've selected ourselves out of any chance of getting laid because we're too scared um, because we can't find anyone that seems safe enough or that seems right for us um, and it's sort of like you know the invisible women that mm. would never you'd never see complaining about not getting laid because they've they've never tried in the first place? Mm, yes, yes.
1: I, like, I'm not sure. Um, I think, I think. yes, I agree that both genders are selective, um, but I think there may be a little bit of a difference there um, based on socialisation. I don't think there's any fundamental difference between men and women, by the way, or at least not much. Um, but a couple of ideas that come to mind is that... Um, I often get asked so once for for workshops once single tickets are sold out there's there's still oftentimes the possibility of turning up as a couple and I often get asked by men can you pair me with just any woman so that I can come along um, and do this workshop and I've never literally never been asked that by a woman as an experience um, there is a bit of a sense there that as a male I will just accept whatever's sort of there
0: I think men are socialised to just you know have at it when it comes to sex it's like yes i'm just going to go for it and uh, if we're culturally raised as women we just tend to lack that gung-ho just get into it mate yeah 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 what's wrong with you (laughs) right just give it a shot, bro.
1: See how it goes. Yeah,
0: yeah, right? So we're sort of edging towards the wires, I guess. Yeah. And this is yeah, this yeah. is where the interesting stuff is. Yeah.
1: Well, like the the funny thing for me, and I, this is the bit, I would love your opinion on checking my logic on this because going through all of that data, it all suggests to me that there is a pretty substantial difference between the male and the female experience in the dating game. But if we go back to the maths at the start of this rave, Um, The numbers should be approximately equal. So I'm like, where is the discrepancy coming from? Where are we dropping out? I have a couple of ideas. Me
0: too, and they're probably the same, Ah, you go first. Okay,
1: I can't wait to hear yours. I'm guessing that partly um, there's a lot of cultural anger and frustration towards men at the moment. And I think a lot of women are just abandoning the dating and relationship process and just going, you know what, it's not worth it. Um, like, fuck them, I've got better things to do with my time. And so we're just like self-removing from the process. The other one might be to do with if we had framed this conversation uh, so as it is, we're talking about the question of um, who finds it easier to get laid or something like yeah. that. If we'd ask the question, who finds it easier to get into a relationship, we might find a complete tilt totally this right. conversation. We're talking
0: about sex, in the we're other not direction. talking about yeah. long-term so romantic If you've commitment.
1: been socialised female, you've been socialised to pursue relationship and so forth, and then sex happens after. If you've been socialised male, then you've been socialised to pursue the sex, and then the relationship comes after that. Uh, and again, this so, is a massive
0: generalisation, but this is the shit we're working with. This is the stuff that we're taught is the status quo, right? Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes, totally. Um, so, like, that's kind of my, my guess on that. I don't know, I've certainly heard, we're, we're back into anecdotal territory now, but I've certainly heard a lot of women complain that it's hard to find a good male partner, and that might be the equivalent language of a man saying, I find it hard to get laid.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be, could be, right? And I, my, my, I have a perspective on that also. No, I would love
1: to hear what, what Like,
0: I reckon that there are a lot of women out there that, that wouldn't say, oh, I try to get laid and it never works. Rather, they sort of secretly wish that they could go out and get laid, but it, they never even try because they're too scared because they don't feel safe, because, the you know, the first time they yes. tried to stick their toe in the water, they were so overwhelmed with messages or aggressive um, approaches or dick pics that they immediately withdrew and never tried again. Yes. So I, I would suspect that... Um, well, there are a lot of guys actively trying and, and maybe not doing too well because of all the issues we've talked about, that there are probably also a lot of women who would actually secretly just love to be total lawn bags. Yes. Uh, and also like fear yes. of being called a slut and being yes. shamed and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so they never even step, set foot out of the house. Yes. This is not my experience, but it's, <laughs> it's my suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. I think you're right. That That's what I mean around uh, there's a, almost like just a, abandoning the idea of dating in a relationship. Right. It's too scary. Too risky, it's too risky. too threatening.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a vicious cycle. It's it's you know women withdrawing in horror and men going wait come back and again massive oversimplification right because not everyone is doing that some of us are doing different things but it's that whole you know wait come back. fits perfectly with the oh my god get out of my face Mm -hmm. um and Mm. then all this other stuff that can um that can happen when uh, people are in the the i would say almost vulnerable situation of putting themselves out there all the time um and not getting any response and not understanding why that that aggressive putting yourself out there or that repeated putting yourself out there might not be um an approach that's even working sometimes. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and I'm remembering also um, some uh, uh, studies that have been done on the process of being rejected when you make an offer and you are rejected. And it shows that it lights up the same pain centres in the brain as if you were actually caused physical pain. And uh, I think if, um, if it is such a massive tilt of men doing almost all of the asking, then they're in a position where they're just having this constant experience of pain through the dating game. And I'm yeah. not sure how capable all men are of processing and dealing with that pain. Fuck no. Versus just reflecting it back and putting it back out in the world. Yeah. I
0: actually have a friend who uh, was really into pick up artistry stuff for a while Yes, yeah, that, that that face is appropriate. Sorry, so, um, I, I just
1: pulled up. <laughs> what was that a horror face? Horror, horrified yeah. face.
0: So, what he did was day game, which is when you approach uh, women on the street and try and ask them out, which to me is a yeah. remarkably bad idea because the last thing you want to do is tap someone on the shoulder when they're on the way to work and say, hey, you want to go on a date? Like, no, man, no. But what he said was that. Um, hitting up so many women in the space of a day he hit on 20 30 women and they'd all turn him down because of course you do because you're Mm. fucking going to work but anyway um and he said it was really psychologically crushing like that he ended up almost like scarred and now when he goes to ask someone out when he does like them he has these flashbacks of all these women blowing him off and telling him no and it, it he can't even bring himself to open his mouth so he's actually um by virtue of not really maybe thinking about the effects or not realizing the effects that doing that would have on him he's he's ended up putting himself in a situation where he's sort of a bit hamstrung Mm. um, because that the weight of all those awful experiences are now getting in the way for him um and this is i don't i don't think this is the women's responsibility like i would say the same thing in the street but it's interesting that when we put ourselves out there we don't always think about the ramifications for us and often we don't think about the ramifications for the other person. Yes. Um, but that those, that can really blow back on us as well. Yes, 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 yes.
1: Interesting. It'd be fascinating to study the state of mind of people that have um, studied and attempted uh, that um, pick up artist style of approach to see what the ultimate results are. Like, is that working for them? Mm, um, on their self esteem. On their, the impact on their self esteem. I mm-hmm. know for me, um, I used to think that the approach I should be taking was that that I'd been socialised with. Um, and I imagine that the way to pick up, this is even going back to pre-internet dating days, was uh, at a pub or something like that. So there are a lot of times in my younger years where I would um, uh, go out with the intention of picking up um, and, jeez, it was a humiliating process. Um, partly because I'm an, I was aware, an aware enough person that I didn't want to come across as that sleazy guy. So as a consequence, I actually approached like a very small number of people. And out of all of those times, I think I have picked up from a pub literally twice, <laughs> something in that kind of range. Um, I've now discovered my groove and my style and something that works a lot better for me and those around me. Um, but yeah, gee, that whole process is just. Um, Damaging, it's a slaughterhouse. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah.
0: Um and you know, I do I do get rejected quite a lot, although as we've established, the numbers may be slightly <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, quite
1: quite a lot may <laughs> be out by a scale of zero. <laughs> but
0: but I I will say that I, I do put myself out there a lot. Mm. I hit on people fucking everywhere.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't mean to undermine your experience. No, no, way, you're fine. Like please, rejection please is rejection. Away. It doesn't
0: matter whether you get rejected uh, you know, fifty percent of the time or ten percent or ninety-nine percent. Um, It's still a tough experience, Mm, if that's your experience. It is. is. Um, But definitely I do. I hit on a lot of people, and I do it mostly for practice, or sometimes I do it for fun or whatever. Um, And so I probably get a bigger percentage of rejections back than your average chick uh, because I am a give it a crack slightly sexually aggressive person mm. so again mm. like mm. not everyone fits into that that vibe but it sucks like it it really does suck
1: and I wonder also if it's a little more painful for women in that process because I think um, there might be a sense out there for some people that uh, women can get sex when they want it and so if you put yourself out there as a woman and you get a rejection that's maybe like doubly um, painful
0: well, we're sort of – you're stepping out of type. So if I go and hit on someone yeah. really aggressively um, and I get knocked back, then I get the shame of – I got rejected and then I get the shame of, you know, you should, that's, it's really gross that you did that anyway. You shouldn't be stepping up. Like you shouldn't be hitting on people. Like what's wrong with you? That there's something wrong with a female presenting person who, you know, who mm. um, actually tries to get laid, that we mm. should all be sitting back and then going, oh, well, I guess – I guess I should or oh, I just got carried away but I don't normally do this stuff and because that, mm. that's not the way I do it. Yeah, there is some shame. Like, mm. you know, maybe there's something wrong mm. with me for going after sex. Mm. And then on the other hand, from a um, traditional male's point of view, like the, the idea of getting laid is so tied up with masculinity that getting rejected is not only feeling hard on yourself but also it's a case of why can't I get laid if I were a real man mm. then I would just be able to get sex, right?
1: That's probably there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe over time, men get uh, acclimated to the process of being rejected. Maybe it's something that one gets a skill up around and that becomes less painful over time. I don't know. I'm just venturing an idea there.
0: I feel like it does. I have some friends who are really um, comfortable with rejection and have managed to re, sort of reframe it um, to the point where they, it's easier. And I guess this is my view about this stuff. If I were in charge and I could just make this world perfect, I would ask that, um, that maybe guys learn to sit back just a little bit and give women room to uh, step forward a little bit and then yes. ask that women do step forward a little bit because this is something we also aren't very good at doing often. We're not good at saying, that's what I want, or I'm interested in you, or yes. can we go out uh, because we're sort of culturally trained to sit back and wait
1: I, I love your proposed version of the world. I much prefer your reality. That would be a great world. Obviously, bring on the equality. Um, it's a hard experiment to run at the moment because, um, in the male camp, if you sit back and do the waiting thing, you just disappear into invisibility You're be and a whole a long bunch time. of much more forward, aggressive alpha types will step into the gap that you left right. and you just won't get seen. So that thing around the nice guy finishes last. Has some truth in it and unfortunately that's reinforcing the more aggressive dominant alphas type of behavior Um, and we're making no progress towards your utopian world which i really want to get towards
0: i really want to make progress towards (laughs) my utopian world yeah yeah so so for me then it becomes more about encouraging um, women to take the initiative and step forward towards the people they're actually interested in so that yes. those really aggressive sliding into your DM guys don't get the first look in. Yes. Um, and I think for me um lifting some of that shame yes. and adding some of that safety is where that's going to happen. Yes. Because at the moment what's holding a lot of us back is being afraid that we're going to get assaulted, um, sexually assaulted, all that stuff, or being afraid that we're going to be called like nymphos or weirdos or psychos Yes. Um, for pursuing sex.
1: Yes. And... And a great partner experience to go on at the same time as your experience would be it would be great if there was more dialogue amongst men of some men saying to other men, hey, dude, when you behave like that, you are trashing the world for all of us. Uh, You're making this a much harder environment and you're screwing us all over in that process. Can you please pull your behaviour back? Yes.
0: So I kind of feel like I would be remiss for not... like saying, hey, maybe we should just talk about some of the times when this stuff isn't true, like some of the exceptions to the rule. Um, The reason I'm bringing this up is because I ran a class with Langway Learning uh, last month about, uh, like, ethical hookups, um, and I expected that the whole class would be full of guys, and actually it was mostly women, and it wasn't even stereotypical women. It wasn't stereotypical 20-something single women. I had this whole posse of, um, of like, Italian grandmothers turn up, and they were how about, beautiful. It was great. They were about 45 or 50 and they huddled up the back and they were, you know, there was a lot of moral support going on. But they were legitimately there because they wanted to know how to hook up and they just weren't sure where to start. And some oh. of them came up afterwards and said, oh, yeah, all this great stuff, you know, thanks, really encouraging. Um, and it just changed my view on that a bit because I assumed mm. it would be all guys mm. wanting mm. to get laid.
1: So we've been talking about this in terms of gender generalizations and um, – Big time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Another form of generalisation that sits over the top of this whole conversation is that the higher up you are on the bell curve of attractiveness, um, the more successful you're likely to be in the dating game. Um, So... Yeah, that stereotype of attractiveness is going to be there. So I can certainly think of some people, some uh, men folk who are quite attractive presenting, who have had a absolutely fabulous run at things like Tinder because that's obviously a very looks based platform,
0: very superficial.
1: But more joyous is I know of um, plenty of men who have done a whole bunch of work on themselves and have gotten communication skills and emotional skills and can hold down an interesting conversation and who have their supports um, and who are basically good people and whose approach is uh, more of a question of just being known throughout a community and sort of word of mouth. Uh, And they're not even setting out from the perspective of desperately wanting to date the entire world. They're just hanging out and existing, and there's something about that which is just profoundly attractive in and of itself um
0: yeah i suspect we might even be talking about the same people <laughs> possibly so i wrote about someone in my book his name is hugo um and he is not what you consider conventionally attractive not young but he has all these social skills and he's very very good at treating women like people yes. and not putting pressure on them to have sex with him but just hanging around saying hey let's be friends and see what happens and that that is a very very learned skill yes um and also Approaching the type of people that are likely to find him attractive, um, and whatever his formula is, he has fucking nailed it. Because I just cannot believe how much sex he has. I think I called him a sex god in the book, and now he won't shut up about that. He's very <laughs> happy with that. So this, yeah. there would definitely be exceptions to that rule, and in my experience too, they come from those guys who have just they've worked out their the approach that works for them, and they've got this extra set of social skills that they've actually worked quite hard to acquire because it's not yes. something that that men are handed. At birth, they're not handed these amazing social skills or skills to talk to women. It's just not there, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think less. I think, yeah, uh, men are more likely to be given uh, the skills to run a power tool, um, but less likely to be given communication skills. So, right. yeah, it needs to be worked on. Uh, also, I think um, men that have worked on their sexuality, by which I mean their touch skills, just their capacity to touch, Um that there's an assumption that we should all be able to just magically somehow do that stuff, and it's not true. Uh, it takes some effort. Um, some people learn through books, some people learn through workshops, whatever else. But I think that um, if someone has a one-night stand, if they have great communication skills and great touch skills, that's much more likely to turn into a regular, ongoing thing or a relationship. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. And that extends over a little bit also to um, I notice more success around... Um, Guys that have explored adventurous, creative forms of play and kink and things like that. Um, Yeah.
0: People that do things a bit out of the ordinary and then they find people that are into those same things uh, and they're more likely to get along, as opposed to just being plain old beige... And struggling to find someone that really gets you because everyone's all pretty much the same.
1: Yes. And if you ask someone, this is of any gender, like if you ask someone, if you happen to get into a conversation about sex and you say, so, you know, like, what are you into? If the person looks back and shrugs their shoulders shoulders, and just says, you know,
0: like, you know, stuff, I don't know, like, (laughs) I like sex. What do you like? Um, then that's not that attractive. I mistrust this. It's like when you ask someone, what sort of music are you into? And they go, Oh yeah, I'll listen to anything and for me that's a deal breaker. I'm out. If you don't know what you <laughs> like when it comes to music, yeah. we're not gonna get along. It's the same with yeah. sex. So I say, Hey, what are you into? and they're like, Oh, I don't really know or oh I don't care as long as I come or whatever. Yeah, but I'm like, Oh, yep, yeah, no, you're yeah. not we're not gonna have good sexy time.
1: Yeah, I think like um, you've mentioned this um, in other bits of your work. Um, it's really, really stuck with me that uh, some people feel like on their dating profiles they need to appeal to everyone, i.e., not offend anyone. And what they wind up with is an incredibly bland, non-specific beige kind of a profile. I call it character and, beige. Yeah, yeah, right. And you've said instead, no, be really bold and specific. It's almost like the dating equivalent of niche marketing.
0: This is what we call niche marketing for dating. So working. <laughs> (laughs) out working out the people that specifically are going to like you for who you are and targeting those people so rather than flooding everyone's inbox with with stuff indiscriminately um trying to find those people that you think are going to be particularly attracted to you now i can understand why if i said this to someone who'd been rejected ten thousand times they might go, well, what the fuck? There's like, you know, if it's I, a, a if I stop faith. swiping on a thousand people, how am I going to match with one? It's a leap <laughs> yeah. of faith. But this works for people. It works for Hugo. Yes. Um, and the more you put yourself out there with regards to who you are, the the stronger the attraction to those people that are right. whereas the more you try and appeal to everyone, the less anyone finds you appealing.
1: Mm, we need yes. those things. Yes.
0: So that's definitely a strategy that I, I think works for a lot of people. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Have you noticed any other people that, like, buck the trend?
0: I feel like it might be useful to talk about also, we've talked about guys who do get laid, maybe talk about women who try and don't succeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like, and again, I don't want to be a downer, but I kind of feel like most of the women I know who try and don't succeed, their reason it happens is because they maybe have past trauma from, from stuff that's happened to them, so past sexual assault trauma or sexual abuse trauma, Um, That means that they sort of self-sabotage or they freak out and run away. Mm. Um, Mm. Or also just being so nervous about everyone they meet that um, as soon as the slightest sign of anything not being right comes along, they just cut and run. And I've done that. I cut and run quite a lot, obviously. Um, Mm. And to to me, this is why it's so unfortunate that, um, that, uh, that there is this onslaught of... Of aggressive sexual approaches because that can come across as a red flag and then all those nervous women who've had bad experiences they exit quickly and then if they're my friends they come to me and they complain that they just can't get laid because every time they try the dude that they're chatting up does something super weird and they have to exit quickly yes so these are women who desperately do want to get laid who are really horny who do have high libidos but who still um, who will still exit at the first sign of any potential um, red flag and yes. unfortunately, because this is fucking red flag central online dating, it's really hard to find someone that seems safe enough. So to me, that would count as um, having trouble yes. getting laid, for sure.
1: Oh, I um, like, in brackets, really don't like, what you're saying about trauma and the impacts of that. I'm reminded, uh, I can think of a few dates that I've been on with women uh, who have had bad experiences in the past from men. And... You can see, I can see that they've got all men fused together as the one homogenous block, and they can't help but talk to me as if I'm the one that committed this past thing against them. And it makes it almost impossible to actually, like, yeah, Connect, engage. Um, because your
0: fear is have, so high Have a date,
1: let alone a relationship. And I understand the need to just be cautious, full stop, and cautious about everyone. But, oh, gee, at some sense that needs to be unpicked.
0: Yeah, right. So, this is another working on yourself aspect. So, saying that guys need to develop the social skills. Uh, and then also, if we do have trauma and we want to get laid. Um, that learning to not only to work with that unpick that but then also to have some really solid strategy strategies around establishing safety mm. so I have this whole little list of criteria and things I look out for and where ways I'll test people when I match with them online yes. to see whether they're safe and that gives me something to work with like okay I feel a bit safer because I asked them this and then I did this and that went well and then they said that they'd respect my boundaries so that felt good and yes. then just setting up these stepping stones towards feeling safe that allow me to get what I want yes as opposed to just not really knowing and then as soon as something weird happens just going oh my god bad situation freaking out and running away
1: yes can i um i feel like i'm in a bizarre ridiculous privileged position of observing some of this in the workshop environment and in the sexual play party environment so When I'm running a workshop and it's got a touch-based activity, I'm actually very careful that I do the pairing off of people. I match people up for those exercises using a random number system. And I do that to get around the stereotypical beauty curve uh, where attractive people jump on attractive people and everyone else is just left looking a little bit awkward and uncomfortable. Uh, And some people get completely left out of that system and it kills me. I hate it. So I never allow that system to happen if I can possibly avoid it. And I do all or or pairing uh, myself. There are a couple of circumstances. There are a couple of activities where it is more of a uh, free-flowing thing where people need to choose one another. And the sex party I run, Curiosity, also is uh, a large-scale version of that, essentially. And so what I notice in those environments where I'm not controlling who's with who is that The bell curve of attractiveness does dictate who's more likely to get some initial inquiries and offers and requests made of them, but it really rapidly gives way to who's actually got the skills, by which I mean the communication and emotional skills to be a nice person, and who's able to respond well within their body to pleasure that they receive, and who's able to give pleasure well to the other person. And that person is going to be by far the busiest person for the night, the workshop, and life. Um, it's, it's a much higher, stronger factor, and this gives me hope, uh, than the attractiveness bell curve.
0: So this is almost like a little microcosm of the is. dating world, right? It is. And what you've discovered is that when people are given the skills, when all genders are given the skills to reach out and to protect their boundaries, to say yes and no comfortably, to establish safety, that suddenly the playing field becomes much more level. Yes. fucking A, <laughs>
1: Fucking A. Fucking
0: A. <laughs> So we've covered, like, so much stuff today. I'm just wondering whether we can even sum this up into a into a bit of a, like, a, a summation because we've covered a lot of material. So I guess we've sort of talked about the fact that the stereotype that it's easier for girls to get laid than guys, that that stereotype might be broadly true. We've talked about some of the reasons that that might happen.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm still confused around why there is such a discrepancy because there is such a difference between genders at the moment and I... Uh, just the, the the maths and the logic is not quite there. So in terms of summary, that's still a point of confusion right. for me.
0: Working it out. But then yeah. what we do know from your observations of this dating microcosm sex play party environment yes. is that when people do have the skills, like when we all learn how to yes. ask for what we want and when we all learn that our no's are going to be respected, that stuff, and when we start to um open up around the type of people we're attracted to, a bit more open minded perhaps. Yes. That suddenly everyone starts getting laid a hell of a lot more and that there's much less of a gender difference.
1: Yes, um, and I think we're all we're both in massive agreement that the uh, socialised differences that we put boys and girls through, men and women through, uh, we need to be addressing them and undoing them at a much earlier stage. And I think uh, a lot of the problems that we have with men in the dating game, so like unsolicited dick pics, aggressive, annoying behaviour, trying to stalk you through your Instagram thing when you've said no on another platform, all of that sort of stuff if men had more of the skills that we generally socialize women with so communication talking about emotions and feelings all that glorious stuff they would be more aware of the impacts of those negative behaviors and there'd be less of them so again it's just a massive vote for gender equality
0: totally and like so what would you say to the guys listening now going i get rejected all the time it's really hard for me to get laid what's your number one bit of advice from your from your learnings so far
1: Abandon the ideas you have around what that process is meant to look like. Trust yourself impeccably and profoundly around the style and method that works for you. Uh, and invest the time in pursuing that, no matter how odd or quirky it is. And just in brackets, it's unlikely to be stereotyped. stereotype. Most of what you've been told is bullshit.
0: Most of what you've been told is bullshit. And honestly, odd and quirky is fucking great. I I speak from (laughs) personal experience. And if I were speaking to any women out there who are thinking um, I'm not getting laid, um, if I were to offer advice from my hedonistic self, it would be learn to step up. And this is really hard because there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of danger and a lot of fear. Learn to create safety for yourself as much as you can, although it's not foul safe. Um, learn learn a, a way of approach that works for you. And uh, and yeah, take some initiative when, it's, when you feel it's safe to do so. Because until we step up until we start demonstrating that it's okay for women to be a bit more sexually forward, we're never going to change those stereotypes and those judgments anyway. So it's really important that we do break free of that shitty, like, shamey sort of stereotype and start getting the sex that we want.
1: Uh, Men, so sorry about the experience you have in this process. You've been given the uh, bad end of the stick. And women, so sorry about the experience you have in this process. You've been given the bad end of the stick.
0: Fuck yeah. Everyone's been given the bad end of the stick. There is no long end of the stick. It's all the short end of the stick. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now I'm done. So thanks so much for um, for chatting today. I feel like we really unpacked some good shit.
1: Oh, my God. It's we been, wandered over into some interesting meandering territory.
0: It's been great. Such great topics. So just as we wrap up, um, Roger, can you tell me uh, where we can find you and your stuff?
1: Yes. So you can find most of what I do, including my workshops, at curiouscreatures.biz, B-I-Z. And you can also find my podcast, which is called Curious Conversations About Sex, uh, through wherever you get podcasts from.
0: And uh, I'm on there too, so you should definitely go check out that one. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a wrap for this podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. As with all my encounters, I love hearing feedback. You can find me online at artofthehookup.com and that's also the place to go to learn more about my book project. Please share this podcast with anyone that you think would benefit from hearing this stuff. Spread the word as well as the love and let's make the world of hookups a better place.